Welcome to the Middle East Update with Amir Serfati. Amir discusses the latest news from Israel and the region through the lens of biblical prophecy. The original video versions can be found on Behold Israel's YouTube and Facebook channels. To make it convenient, we've converted them to audio format to keep up with your busy schedule. Be sure to also subscribe to Amir Serfati on Telegram for daily updates from the Middle East. Amir's Middle East updates are based on the latest and most reliable sources, so you know you're getting the most accurate news. Now, on to the update. Shalom everyone, this is Amir Tsarfati, and I am live from our uh, office here in Galilee, in Israel. And we are, uh, today it's October 23rd, 2023, and this is day 17 of the war in Israel and the war in Gaza, of course, but it's not just in Gaza, it is far beyond, and we're going to talk about it. There's a lot to cover today, and I honestly need your prayers to be able to even complete it, because some of the things we're going to talk about today are heartbreaking, and I just spent a lot of uh, tears over the last few hours when I prepared this. So. Why don't we start with a prayer and then we'll dive into this update. And I would like to ask you to press the share button right now. Some of the things I'm going to talk about might not be allowed on social media. They might restrict it later on. So I want as many people as possible to hear the truth, to hear what happened, to know what's going on before it might be restricted. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We know that you are in full control. We know that there are things that are happening in this world. You're not the one that is doing them, but you're allowing them for a reason and for a season. And you are always through tragedies showing yourself to your people. And Father, we pray that you will now, uh, you will control everything uh, in this uh, update, the technical aspect, the information, and the Bible knowledge. Uh, Father, we are seeking not to be sensationalist. We do not want to disseminate wrong and bad or disinformation. Uh, guard our hearts also, and our minds and our heart, uh, souls as we look into some of the most evil things mankind has ever performed. We thank you again. We bless your name, and we need you more than ever before. We bless you, and we thank you, and we come before you in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, shalom, everyone. This is Amir Tzalfati. I'm live from Galilee, from Israel, and this is our special Middle East update on the war in Israel. And we are on day 17, and a lot has happened in the last few days. The war is getting broader with more and more fronts, and you need to understand that. First of all, I would like to tell you that there are breaking news of the last few minutes, both on I-24 News in Israel and the Al-Arabiya TV network of Saudi Arabia, they just announced that Hamas is about to release 50 foreign passport holders from among uh, the 222 abducted Israelis 
that they have right now. And we'll talk about why is Hamas doing that. And we'll also ask the question, are we watching another aspect of their Nazi flavored treatment when they're doing this selection of Jews that are Israelis and Jews that are probably with foreign uh, nationality? Ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, it's darker than you can imagine. And, um, and that's what we have to deal with. So again, these are just two pieces of information we've learned about in the last 10 minutes or so. I will keep you updated on, on Telegram once these things will happen, if they happen. A lot of psychological warfare is going on. Hamas is in real trouble right now, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a few seconds because I'll, I'll give you all the problems that Hamas is facing right now, things that he never saw coming. Now, where are we on day 17? So we have multiple fronts that we are fighting on. And let me maybe show you a map of our region and the different areas from where Iranian proxies operate. So I mean, this, this you can see Iran is the mother of all of these problems. Iran is feeding uh, the Iraqi, the Syrian, the Lebanese, the Yemenites, and the Palestinian proxies. And uh, this is exactly where we operate right now. Uh, we are fighting in Gaza, and you will definitely see it. But we are also fighting the terrorists in Lebanon, and they already count over 50 terrorists dead. Uh, we also operate against Syria. And we bombed last night again two airports of Aleppo and of Damascus to prevent aid from coming into Syria from Iraq or Iran. And we also have something else that happened. So we'll get back to uh, look at the Red Sea where Yemen down below is. And on the Red Sea, there are several American destroyers, and uh, one of them was able to intercept quite a few ballistic missiles and UAVs that were shot from Yemen towards Israel just a few days ago. So as you can see, this is a multi-front war orchestrated by Iran. So that's what we are dealing with. So day 17, we're not only fighting in Gaza, we're fighting in Lebanon, we're fighting in Syria, and our American friends also helped us with intercepting drones as well as ballistic missiles that were on the way from Yemen towards Israel. Again, this is exactly what Iran wanted, but not the way Iran wanted it to happen. As I said before, um, the grand plan of the Iranians was that all of these attacks will be simultaneous. And Hamas betrayed them. Hamas spoiled that plan. And maybe because they are Sunnis and they wanted the Sunni honor to preside or to override the Shiites' mother that is telling them what to do. Maybe because they're just the way Palestinians always do. They, they, they always betray the Jordanians, the Egyptians, the Kuwaitis, the Iraqis, as well as the Lebanese. So 
maybe this is it. They, they, they agree on one thing, but they do whatever they want in order to get things done their way. One thing is for sure, Israel on, is on its highest alert with over 100,000 soldiers in the south, 100,000 soldiers in the north, 100,000 soldiers that are in the West Bank and along the Jordan Valley. And we're on the highest alert with the highest capacity of soldiers in the military to the point that we don't have enough beds, we don't have enough weapons. We don't, there are too many Israelis that return and went to to um, report themselves into the reserve duty. And therefore, um, some of the things that uh, donations are doing right now is literally we're buying new weapons and new ceramic uh, bulletproof vests and, and, and new sleeping bags and all of that because, you know, the military was never prepared for something that big. Um, and that's where we are right now. But also, I want you to know that there are two main questions that we are all wondering and dealing with right now. The first question is, when will the ground maneuver begin? Because we're getting ready. Everybody's ready. We already started exercising. We already, everyone got the maps and the plans and you know, the, the defense minister visited the Air Force and the Navy and, of course, the commander units and the ground forces and the armored forces. This invasion into Gaza that we are definitely going to hold is going to be from the air, from the sea, from the ground and through cyber attack as well. But um, every day that passes allows the Air Force to destroy more and more targets on the ground to allow the ground invasion to be easier with less risks. As of last night, we began to use bunker busters to destroy tunnels. Once many of those houses that cover the tunnel piers, once they were already gone, now we can go all the way in and destroy the tunnels themselves. This might be another good reason to wait a few more days because we estimate between 20 to 30,000 terrorists that are right now holed up in the very sophisticated underground system of tunnels that Hamas has been creating and building and, and doing uh, over the last few years. And therefore, um, you can either wait outside, bomb from the air and, and wait for them to pop out, or you can start destroying with heavier bombs the actual tunnels. And uh, right now, the Palestinians themselves don't know how many people are dead in those tunnels. Now, people are, as always, criticizing Israel for, for bombing population. But let me, let me tell you something. The amount of bombs that we dropped on Gaza, if we wanted to kill civilians, already should have or could have killed maybe 200,000 people. And less than five or 6,000 people died, of which most of them are terrorists. In some cases, there's always, always civilians that get hurt. But again, Israel is not targeting hospitals, is not targeting civilian population. In fact, what we do, according to the Geneva Convention, we are asking the civilian population to leave. Now, that's what we're doing right now. And it's interesting because what 
the world, uh, as far as the social media and some of those brainwashed people around the world that are protesting, what they're doing is actually uh, thinking or telling the world that it's us who are creating or uh, uh, performing atrocities. And they simply forget that uh, 17 days ago, a genocide took place, a genocide that we're still we're getting more and more and more reports and I'll share with you in a few minutes. But again, as I said, two questions. The questions are A, the ground invasion. Should we go in now or should we wait longer? That's 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 the main thing. I mean, what I mean, waiting longer also gives you more chance not only to destroy the terrorists, but also maybe to have more and more abductees released. The second question that we are all asking ourselves and the military has to come up with an answer is, it is evident that if we go into Gaza, Hezbollah is going to up its game and shoot thousands of rockets of which some are precise precision, precision guided weapons. They, and if they shoot 5,000 rockets and we uh, shoot down 4,500, 500 rockets can hit very strategic locations in Israel. So the question is, should we wait for them to strike first? Or should we preemptively strike them as we move into Gaza? That's another question, because everyone in Israel understands the situation in the south cannot stay like that. Hamas has to be eradicated. But the situation in the north cannot stay the same. Everything you saw that Hamas did on October 7th is far greater as a plan in the hands of Hezbollah. They trained 10 times more special forces with 10 times the number of motorcycles and ATVs and, and um, you know, and, and ground forces. They are planning big things. We know that they are training. They're even releasing the videos to the whole world. So we don't have to guess anymore. We've had a live demo of what the Hezbollah is going to do. And no Israeli is going to tolerate that. In fact, Israel evacuated over 100,000 civilians from the north 42 villages, towns, and cities were evacuated. All of the border with Lebanon, every settlement and every town and every village are now ghost towns. Why? Because we are ready to let our military do its job. Same goes in the south. We evacuated uh, also over 100,000 people from the south because we let them do their job. Right now, the rockets that are falling on Sderot or any other place, they, they hit empty houses. That's it. So I, I need you to understand the Israelis allow the government, actually tell the government, we are leaving so you can do your job. So the bad news for Hezbollah is it's going to come. The question is, are we going to wait for you to start and then hit you hard? Or are we going to preemptively strike and you'll get hit hard? Israel, through Russian channels, already announced that it will be a scourged soil policy, which means we will leave nothing standing in Lebanon. From Beirut to the south, everything 
will be bombed. Bridges, power plants, um, stores, I mean, name it, name it. It'll be gone, completely gone. And, and the Lebanese understand that. Plus, remember, there's only 40% of Lebanon's population that is Shiite. If they lose a war, everybody else, the Sunnis and the Christian population, they're all gonna slaughter the Shiites there. And so Nasrallah has to think twice before he starts a war. So I'm telling you for, uh, folks, the war really hasn't started yet. What we see now is the horrible atrocities that happened on October 7th, which we'll talk in a second, and the Israeli immediate response, which will be in three phases. First phase, heavy power, fire from the air, later on fire from the ground and fire from the sea. Later on, once we're inside, it will be lower volume. We, we hit just pockets that are still resisting. And in the third, level, uh, third um, stage, we're going to set up a new ruling system there, which will allow us easy access every day whenever we think there is a danger. That's it. Enough is enough. That's Gaza. It's probably going to be the case in the north. And this is why I'm saying this is not going to last days. It's going to last weeks, maybe months. And the worst is still ahead of us because Hamas is almost out of rockets. Everything now, they're preserving it and preserving it for the ground invasion to attack the Israeli soldiers. They hardly shoot rockets anymore. They do have other means that they're keeping as surprise for the Israeli soldiers. But Hezbollah has 20, uh, 250,000 rockets, of which 10% are precise weapon. And they have thousands of drones, and they have anti-tank, anti-coast-to-sea uh, rockets, very, very advanced weapon. And Hezbollah is a, it's the, probably the most advanced and the wealthiest and the most, I guess, dangerous terrorist organization in the world today. So in order to, to do that, that will be really the, the, the war that we're uh, dreading so much. Now, let me make it very clear. Israel today is not the same country of before October 7th, is not. There is not a single Israeli that is now talking cheap politics. Uh, we are looking all around we understand that we have no friends. We understand that every person that is not Jewish might be my enemy. We understand that we trusted for too long the wrong people. We also understand that there's not going to be peace with the Palestinians because we see that the Palestinian Authority is of the same kind. They may not call themselves Hamas, but they want the same thing. They praise the works of Hamas. They praise everybody that died while you know, doing all of these things. And the prime minister of the Palestinian Authority refused to denounce the, these atrocities. He was asked on CNN, can you condemn it? He says, look, what happened in October 7 had happened. That's it. Let's not talk about it. So, excuse me. And so everything is because of what happened, of course. So we already understand the world can talk as much as they want about two states, about Palestinian state. It's never going to happen. The Israelis woke up to the reality that now we need to defend ourselves. 
up until October 7th, people used to ask me, Amir, do you have a concealed weapon? Do you have a weapon in your house? I said, no. And yeah, <laughs> Americans, for the most part, said, how, how come you don't have a weapon in your house? And I said, well, I feel very safe. You know, everybody around me is either soldier, policeman. We have tons of weapon in the street because of the fact that Israelis have compulsory service and, and we're all around. Well, let me tell you something. The uh, Israelis are now standing in line to buy uh, weapons right now. Every Israeli is armed to his teeth right now. In fact, in every village, we are creating a, a team. In every town, we're creating a team that will be the first responders when it comes to terror attack. We, we're not going to wait for military forces or police. We're, we're going to respond ourselves. I mean, almost going back to the 1920s before Israel was born, when that's how is you know Jewish people protected themselves in those days. We're at that point. We don't feel safe. We don't feel secure. We don't feel that uh, the people around us have the great intentions. And we are now different people. Post-trauma causes a lot of things. Now, one of the reasons we're different people is because of the fact that we have been in the last couple of weeks exposed to things that I did not even think that mankind can perform. Honestly, I, I did not think that. Today, I was, I was watching the testimony of a search and rescue worker talking to the soldiers because they came and asked him, so tell us, what is it that you found here? And uh, he told them, I, I don't even know how to start. He said, look, uh, you see, over here, and he pointed at the fence that surrounds one of the kibbutzim there. He said, we found someone that probably ran away from them and they caught him and they beheaded him. And then he said, and if you think that's bad, well, we walked into a house and there was a family sitting and the mother and the father were handcuffed with their hands tied behind them. So were their son and daughter on the other side of the table. And he said, before they killed him, they tortured them. They gouged the one eye from the father They used an axe to cut one of the breasts of the mother. The same axe was used to cut the fingers in one in the seven-year-old son and the entire foot of the five-year-old daughter. And while they burned them, they sat in the kitchen and ate lunch, the terrorists. And then he said, I'm the one who found the pregnant woman. They opened her belly. And he said, I did, I, see, I did not know that one. He said, we found the knife through the unborn baby. And she was shot behind her head. And then when everybody thought that they've seen it all, 
and they've heard it all. He said, but the worst was when I approached. And then he said, two piles of 10 children in each. And he said, they have not even been shot to death. Their hands were tied behind their back and in two piles, they burned them alive. He said, we, we, there was no bullet hole. There, there's nothing. They, they were not killed. They were burned alive. Two piles of burning children. And then he said, even animals don't do these things. Now today, the foreign reporters were gathered by the IDF and they were given a brief, uh, briefing, excuse me, for, for, for the things that were done there. And one of them who works for the BBC, he actually wrote everything on his Twitter account. I mean, he, he was, he was shocked. He couldn't keep silent. So he went back and, and so he, he wrote, he wrote and he said, I just saw an indescribable raw footage of Hamas's massacre, along with 100 other international journalists provided by the Israeli authorities. And here are the notes that I took. It says Hamas terrorists screaming Allah Akbar as frantically tried to behead a dead man with a shovel. Then he said, a father and two sons, roughly seven and nine, running for their lives in their underwear into what appears to be a bomb shelter. Well, they killed the father and then the, the two sons. And then he says, Hamas terrorists enter a house where a small girl is seen hiding under the table. And after some talking back and forth, they shoot and kill her as she hides under the table. Hard to say how old she is, but it looks like seven to nine. They set fires to houses in the kibbutzes. They beheaded Israeli soldiers. Then he saw a photo of a dead baby and a child burned beyond recognition. But the thing that was amazing is this. Hamas terrorist calling his parents. He says, I killed 10 Jews with my own hands. I'm using the dead Jewish woman's phone to call you now. And the mother says, May God protect you. You saw so many things there. Look, this information we got from three sources. One, from the rescue uh, forces that came and found all these things. Two, from the body cameras, all the terrorists. You have to understand, they were live, online, shooting everything they do. So when we found those terrorists after we killed them, we took those cameras, everything was there. There was also CCV cameras in every house that we've, we found also material, but we also captured a thousand of them and we're interrogating them. In fact, look at one of the interrogation that was released today. <laughs> Je vais vous dire que 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 je vais
He says we went from one another. We were told to kill and behead. And then he said we were told to behead them, kill them, and in few cases to rape even dead bodies of of girls, of women. Right, uh, let's, we're done with that one. They not only raped girls that are alive, they even raped dead bodies. I mean, and then they admit that. And by the way, everything on the ground proved everything they say because they filmed it. Then they admitted that in investigations. And then, of course, we found those bodies. And it's very, for forensic police, uh, I mean, it's very easy to, to, to understand what happened. It's not like it happened 15 years ago. It happened a day ago, two days ago. That's when the teams arrived. Even yesterday, we found still pieces of bodies. We're, we're still finding dead people. What happened is nothing less than genocide. And I don't know if we have the photo or the video of those uninvolved. I, I don't know if we have it of those that, you know, everybody's telling us, don't, you only have to kill terrorists. Don't touch the civilian population. And, you know, on Telegram. These are the uninvolved. Look at them. Look at the guy on crutch. Bicycle. Motorcycle. That's the population. That's not the terrorists. The terrorists, you see, they're hiding their faces. Okay. So then next time they tell you that uh, only the terrorists should be killed and don't touch this. Look, they either did that or they were sympathizing with what had happened. In fact, I posted today a video of the same guy on October 7th and on October 18th. Take a look at this. On October 7th, when they launched thousands of rockets towards Israeli cities, look at him. Look at him. He's happy, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, he says. And look at him on October 18th, crying. Look at him, he's happy, happy, happy. And then he's crying when we retaliate. You see, that's what we're dealing with. People who have no problem killing us, but they have a problem when we get back and hit them wherever they are. And as I said, Hamas has far too many problems. First of all, we're on the way to eradicate them, completely destroy them. But I also want you to know that uh, everything they thought is for their benefit actually turned around and became their big problem. In fact, let me tell you something about the abductees. According to their very, very precise uh, plan, they... And of course, Iran told them to do that, but Iran didn't tell them exactly the day. They, they just decided on the day. But they were about to abduct hundreds of Israelis, 
civilians and soldiers. And this way, they thought will bring Israel on its knees. And they thought, you know, the Israelis really value human lives of their own people. And if we got for one soldier, a thousand prisoners, look how many we will get. And, and if, 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 if that's going to happen and, and we'll abduct hundreds, Israel will commit suicide. This is their Nazi way of thinking. And um, they didn't abduct people from the other places inside Israel, but they abduct mostly from around Gaza because they knew that these are Israelis that Israel will, cons will be even more sorry for. Uh, because and, and because these are the very deeply rooted kibbutz members, they're actually left and not right wing in political map. They are very connected to the establishment. They thought if we'll abduct them, we need to know who to abduct. If we'll abduct them, they'll be on their knees. They thought if we're going to do something to those religious Jews in the West Bank, eh, the the liberal Israelis will not mind much. But if we take those from the kibbutzim, those from around, those that are super liberal, super left, super progressive, oh, they will very much, you know, be willing to, to negotiate with us. But everything they thought turned exactly around to be the opposite. Israel not only is not stopping the lethal bombardment from the air it did not paralyze israel the opposite it made us a chunk of steel and in fact what happened is the abductees who were supposed to be the insurance policy of gaza so gaza will not be bombed became the reason for the legitimacy to attack gaza even more a legitimacy that we not only think we have but even the Western world is giving us. So from asset, they became a liability. And the reason why they're going to be completely destroyed. Now you may understand why they started releasing two and, and now we're hearing about releasing more. They didn't get anything in return. Now they understand that all those abductees are now the reason they're about to be destroyed not the opposite. They also understand that they look they look very bad in the eyes of the world because a lot of foreigners or foreign passport holders are among those abductees. So, and women and children and babies, and this is a big headache for them. Not only that, Hamas is not the only one who's keeping Israeli abductees. I don't know if you know that, but there are some Gazans, civilians, they're kidnapped their own people. I mean, kidnapped, Israelis to their own houses because they thought we'll, we'll get something out of it. That's the way they think. So there are 222 abductees in the hands of Hamas. There are probably 30 more in the hands of Islamic Jihad and God knows how many spread around in houses um, of other civilians. That became the problem rather than the asset. And it instead of becoming the great reason to be admired, now they're being completely destroyed. Now, I told you Hamas betrayed Iran and Iran's allies, Hezbollah, and now Hezbollah and the other uh, proxies of Iran betrayed Hamas. 
Do you see anything coming from Hezbollah beside a few skirmishes uh, on the north of anti-tank missiles? And by the way, we're killing more Hezbollah soldiers than they do. I mean, we've killed almost 50 of them by now. And I don't even know, maybe there's more. Unbelievable. Hezbollah did not join this attack on October 7th. And even though for years Hezbollah said that they're about to take over the Galilee, they actually lost the element of surprise. And now all the people that were very, very naive in our military, they all understand Hezbollah must be eliminated. So Hezbollah is shooting towards the border just to appease Iran, but it's very careful and we'll see what's gonna happen. Hezbollah knows that in Lebanon, they have Christians and the Sunni rebels and ISIS. ISIS doesn't like Hezbollah. They kill one another. ISIS is Sunni, Hezbollah is Shiite. So if Israel will weaken militarily the Hezbollah, all of his enemies will slaughter those Shiites and it will be a disaster for them. So the Palestinians as always pay with their own blood and with their stupidity, they don't understand that um, Hezbollah maybe said that Israel is weak, but it let other people try it. Unbelievable. And uh, his, you know, uh, Hamas was trying to get people within the West Bank and in Jerusalem and Arab Israelis and people all around the world to rise up and come to the borders of Israel. It didn't work. They thought that they will use the word Al-Aqsa and all the Islamic people around the world, millions will come and destroy Israeli, Israeli you know, uh, embassies, consulate generals and all of that. But not much, they are all alone. And it's interesting, Hamas also thought that they're going to keep parts of Israel for a long time. They brought a lot of weapon and a lot of ammunition. They even brought some a USB, we found a USB, how to create cyanide in order to, to have chemical warfare, something that they downloaded from, from, from Al-Qaeda. Everybody's talking about Israel being the occupier, but they actually wanted to occupy places within Israel. It's very interesting. They always tried, they always wanted, but it's not going to happen. Another thing that happened is that all of their, all of their Deception is not working anymore. I mean, if you're following me on Telegram, you know that immediately when the hospital bombing took place, I told you instantly, it's not Israel. I had the video of the failed launch. I don't know if you hear, but there is F-16s taking off right now. It, I told you it's a failed launch and nobody believed me. And immediately I put footage on Twitter and on Telegram and everywhere. And sure enough, Days later, every newspaper had to apologize. Every intelligence agency around the world is now one after the other, all admit that they were wrong by accusing Israel. It was, it was Islamic Jihad rocket that fell. Israel had nothing to do with that. So they realized, what are we going to do now? It's not working. Two days or three days later, they said, Israel bombed the church. You see, they're the ones that almost completely annihilated the Christian population in Gaza. So they said, Israel bombed the church. Immediately, I posted the photos. The church, as you can see on the lower part, on the right lower part, the church is standing. 
The only thing that was destroyed was the house near the church where the terrorists were hiding. So it all has to do with which angle you take pictures of, but the church was not hurt. And in fact, all the videos that came out didn't show even a single person that died. So even that did not work. They're trying to put babies always out. They put some powder and makeup. They have, we call it the Hollywood, the Palestinian Hollywood. They try to always create scenes of that don't exist. It's not working anymore. Even their own deception is now turning against them. It's not working anymore. That's why the West is allowing us to continue. I mean, whoever, I mean, the only reason who did create a massacre is them. Now, they also did not take in, in consideration that there will be a very unbelievable united front of the Western world against Hamas and actually against the Palestinians because the Palestinian sympathizers of Hamas, and by the way, 80% of the Palestinians support Hamas, just so you know, supports Nazis. They support ISIS, Nazi Hamas. That is, I just told you what they did. Everyone and the world is now moving from being indifferent towards Hamas and the Palestinians to being afraid and fearful of what they can actually do. And of course, now Hamas and the Palestinians are more identified with Russia because Russia is there to support them worse. The Western world is not. So now they lost many points. But I also will tell you that uh, Hezbollah has problems, as I said, but the big problem is now for the Western world. See, every time we have something big, it's just the first phase. It'll eventually come and explode in the faces of other countries. These sympathizers of Hamas, those who sympathize Nazis who kill innocent babies, women and children, those that are beheading people. I mean, there's so many, hundreds of thousands, if not millions sympathizers. They're all over America, Australia, Canada, Europe, and the UK. Let me show you the big rallies that uh, we have across. This is Sydney, Australia. Look how many. This is in Los Angeles. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's Los Angeles. Exactly. Look, they are everywhere. And everyone that is standing for Hamas right now is standing for Nazi ISIS. Look, London, the flag of ISIS. This is in the middle of London, and it's the flag of ISIS there. And they're standing. They're proudly using the... In fact, I saw a video today where they attacked British people who are holding the British flag, the, 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 the flag of England with a red cross on the white, white backdrop. <laughs> These Muslims are against the British flag, the, the flag of the English people in the UK. Unbelievable. And there is a huge rise of anti-Semitic uh, incidents since October 7th. Look, they are hating those that were massacred. Unbelievable. Since October 7th, there's about 1,500% rise in anti-Semitism. And the, the, the culmination of it is the 
butchering of the president of the synagogue, the Jewish synagogue in Detroit, 40-year-old Samantha Wall, who was stabbed 30 times by an Islamic person in Detroit. And in this, in the very, I guess, almost ironic thing is that she belongs to the very liberal stream in Judaism. The, they are the, the progressive Jews, and they are the biggest supporters of Islamic people. She founded the Jewish Islamic uh, Foundation, something like that. She, she was for them. They could care less. She's Jewish. She should be dead. In fact, in, in the streets of London, when they were parading, they were looking for Jews with, with fire in their eyes. Unbelievable. And this is now going to explode in America, in Canada, in Australia, in the UK, and all of Western Europe. In Western Europe, in Belgium, and in the Netherlands, and in Germany, and in Sweden, and in, in so many other places all around, and in France, not to mention France, and, and even in Italy, in today in Italy, there was in Bologna, there was a, a demonstration where literally what this peace-loving girl was uh, holding in her hand is, in hell, you will meet Hitler again. That's the sign she had. Unbelievable. That's what America is going to wake up to. Here it is. Bologna, Italy. In hell, you will meet Hitler again. Unbelievable. That's the people. And may I remind you that your youngsters in America and Canada and Australia and Western, they have been indoctrinated in their colleges and universities to be like that to think like that, to hate Israel. In a college football game, they hit a trivia question about Hitler. Where was Hitler born? Who does such thing? Who is interested in Hitler and where he was born and all of that? This is in America. This is two days ago in college football stadium. Where are we? But now, when you see all of these things, you understand why the West is eager to see Israel defeating this horrible, horrible entity called Hamas and maybe Hezbollah later on. Because in the Middle East, peace can come only through strength. And strength is when you're not perceived strong, but when you are strong because you have defeated your enemy. The reason why Jordan and Egypt have peace with us is because we defeated them. The reason why the UAE is having peace with us is because they know that we're strong enough to defeat Iran. We're the only country that can come against them. And the reason why the Saudis were interested in peace with us, and why do you think this whole thing happened? It's because Iran wanted to obviously bring that to an end. It's this race towards peace with the Saudis. But don't worry, the Saudis are watching the Israeli performance right now. If we will annihilate Hamas, trust me, they will stand in line to have peace with us. So right now, not only that the Israelis are watching their military and demanding their government to go all the way, but the world around us, Egypt is watching because Hamas is Islamic Brotherhood. 
and the Islamic Brotherhood is outlawed, is illegal in Egypt. That's why Assisi doesn't want a single Hamas person in his territory. He's fighting them in his own country. But that's not the only thing. We, you know, they're all watching because they all understand if Israel is going to win this, we can stand up against it also. If Israel is not going to win this, we're next. All those Arab, you know, regimes around us. So I want you to understand what is in stake right now is much bigger than just Israel. It's, it's the whole Middle East is, is watching what is going to happen. And uh, there is no doubt, no doubt that there has to be a war. We will have to eliminate Hamas and we will have to take from Hezbollah their capabilities so we can go back and live along the border without any fear of an annihilation. That's what's going to happen. Now, as we come to an end, I'd like to just tell you, and this is probably the most important thing I kept to the end, is that there's a lot of irresponsible, charlatan Bible teachers that are making up prophecies related to this situation. Let me make it very clear. This situation right now is a situation between Israel and the proxies of Iran. So it's basically Israel and Iran. That's it. But Iran is smart enough not to intervene itself, but to, to, to use all these cheap cannon fodder, the, the Arabs that they look down at. And we are going to win this one. Why? How do I know? I know because the Bible is giving me the full story of what's going to happen. Israel will not be here if we're not going to win this. If we are going to win this, we will be here. There will be peace. And then comes the war of Gog from the land of Magog, of Ezekiel, because that war requires Two things, peace, and it requires no help for Israel. And America is now sending the third carrier towards the area, 2,000 Marines, Navy SEALs, and Delta forces are on the ground in Israel. The forces of Germany's special forces are in Cyprus together with other special forces from other countries in Western Europe ready to be deployed. I mean, right now we have help. Ezekiel's war says that we're all alone. Ezekiel's war is not talking about Iran's proxies. It talks about Iran. It talks about Turkey. It talks about Libya, Sudan, and it ta obviously talks about Russia. Russia cannot now attack us because Russia is completely uh, drenched with the Ukrainian mud and their problems in Syria and elsewhere. They don't even have man, manpower to deal with what's going on right now. And of course, America cannot help us because, again, something will happen to America. But what I can tell you is that throughout this campaign right now, the Iranians call the Turks, the Turks call the Russians. So there's already a mechanism that this Gaza conflict now is creating 
to expedite what will happen later when America will step down and when Damascus is going to be destroyed. So I'm 100% positive that we're on the road to that war, but it's not this one and it's not right now. And whenever people quote from Amos about Gaza, they are quoting a prophecy that was fulfilled against the Philistines. Because remember, it talks about Gaza and Ashkelon and Ashdod. And Ashkelon and Ashdod are Jewish cities right now. So obviously it's not about that. But remember, the Ezekiel prophecy is still a future event. 36 talks about our return to Israel. 37 talks about coming from the ashes of the Holocaust back to our land. In 38, it's already peace and it's already prosperity here. And then comes Rosh, Russia, and together with Persia, Gomer and Togarma, and Kush and Put, which is Sudan and Libya. These are specific countries and they're not players right now. So please don't be irresponsibly disseminating some prophetic things that are not related and they're not, you know, it's not even accurate. Okay. Now we've had, we've had problems. We've had in 1948 and 1967 and 56 and 67 and 73 and 80, 82. We had a lot of wars and we will, this one is another one that we will overcome. But I see in Israel great unity. In fact, I saw a flyer that being posted everywhere and it's in Hebrew. And I was very moved because, and again, if you, if you don't have Telegram, you really have to have it. This is the only way you can get news without being restricted. But the flyer was actually calling for days of fasting for Israel. Here it is. And the top in the yellow is the Hebrew for the verse from Jeremiah 30 that says, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So the Jewish people understand this is a tribulation, a trouble. They still don't understand that this verse, speaking of the, the tribulation with the Antichrist is, but they already picked those verses to speak comfort for themselves that it is a time of trouble and we shall be saved out of it. Look, I don't know about Lebanon and Syria. I don't know about the Yemenites. I know one thing, Israel will survive because there are so many things that are still planned throughout the word of God. And, and one of them is of course, the we know that eventually there will be a rise of the Antichrist. I always said Hamas will not determine the destiny of Israel. It's the word of God. And specifically, it's the book of Daniel. This is why if you want, I just finished discovering Daniel. This is a sequel to revealing revelation. You can get it online, discoveringdaniel.com and you can, and you can get it now. And I just want you to know that this is where we have the most comprehensive prophecy regarding the future of Israel. So again, discoveringdaniel.com, if you want to get it, I want you to know that the, being close to the word of God and staying on the right lane of not misinterpreting and not disseminating some fake news, it's very important. There's a lot of charlatans also that are speaking about fake news when it comes to how this whole thing started. Don't buy that. 
we had a colossal failure, which now we are investigating. The failure was within the concept of so many military uh, leaders, and, and, and they didn't see this coming, although all the writing was on the wall. So all this fake news that Netanyahu ordered the military to stand down, all of that, that's fake news from, from the pit of hell because Netanyahu heard about this whole thing at 6.30 a.m. and immediately rushed to the headquarters of the military in Tel Aviv. And that's when everybody realized what is going on right now. This is fake news and people that disseminate that should be put in jail because this is not true and it is something that is only used by our enemies as a justification to what they did. They butchered us and shame on anyone that su suggests that we wanted that. How dare you? Just have life, deal with your business. Don't spread all of these lies and deceptions. It's not true. Folks, again, Thank you very much. Keep us in prayer. It's a nation in trauma. And the more we hear about what happened, the more we understand that we're not facing humans, we're facing demons. It's a satanic, diabolic wall that is in front of us, all around us. And you have it in your own country. They will not even think twice before they do the same to you. So you better watch out. You better also look around, you better also get ready. Because if it came to us, it can come to you. Stay close, not only to your weapon, but mostly to the most important thing. And that is, of course, the weapon. That's the word of God. And that's what you want to stay close to. Our hope is not in this world, in governments, militaries. Our hope is in the maker of heaven and earth, in the Messiah, who is our true source of peace. Pray that the Jewish people will open their eyes to get to know their Messiah through this pain and sorrow. Let me pray for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you and give you his shalom, his peace. B'Shem Yeshua, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Again, discoveringdaniel.com. You can get it online right now. Thank you. God bless you. And I'll stay in touch with you on Telegram and Instagram stories. God bless you. Shalom. Join the Amir Sarfari and Behold Israel channel on Telegram. Here you will receive daily updates and audio messages from Amir. You can also take part in our community and reply with comments. Getting started is easy. Simply download Telegram from the App Store, then visit the Behold Israel Telegram channel in your browser. From there, click Preview Channel, then click Join. That's it. See you on Telegram.